From a mental breakdown to becoming Miss North Shore and now Miss Cambridge and working at her dream job as a TV news reporter, Katrina Kincaid realized that the fear of letting other people down or breaking their perception of her was only holding her back. When she stopped thinking, what if this goes badly? And started thinking, but what if it goes great? Her life changed. Hi, I'm Leilani Langdon, the host of What's Your Story, a place where we journey through the lives of others in order to inspire you, the listener, to know, own, and share your story. So make sure to lean in as you join us on today's journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to What's Your Story, season three. We are on episode two, and I'm so excited to be uh, jumping on this Sunday night. And thank you for joining me. Listen, guys, it has been such a good weekend. Chicago, um, if you do not live in the Midwest, then you may not have this problem. But in the Midwest, uh, in Illinois, the weather is so unpredictable that um, you know, it could be May and we can have a snowstorm. So today, uh, with that unpredictability, it was 42 degrees. And in any other part of the world, maybe 42 degrees is cold. But in Chicago, when it hits 42 degrees, guess what I did today? I walked outside without a coat, okay? I was living it up. I almost put on some shorts because it was so nice outside. 42 felt like nothing, okay? And so um, I had an amazing weekend. And I hope that you had one too. For me, it was just getting to spend some time with family and some friends. We got to go to some friends' house this afternoon. They're really family uh, at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> and they had a great meal, had great conversation, and it was just an awesome time. But as you know, we always, right before we bring on our guest, um, I have a did you know moment for you today. And it's one that I think is important for me to share. And I hope that, um, that, it feels that way for you too, but we all have, we all know about post-traumatic, uh, stress, right? We all know what happens when some, some individuals experience trauma, they experience post-traumatic stress. And that with that comes, you know, uh, flashbacks and triggers and, uh, really difficult journey to navigate as you relive that trauma. But did you know that 75% of individuals who actually experience a traumatic event actually experience post-traumatic growth, not post-traumatic stress. You absolutely heard me correct. 75% of people who experience a traumatic event actually experience post-traumatic growth. And that's not just uh, people who are just naturally resilient. No, these are, these are individuals that experienced the negative event, experiences consequences and decided that as a result of their experience, they would navigate the difficult moments, but ultimately find a way to grow through it. And I think it's important for me to say that because I think that a lot of us have experiences, traumas, um, events in our lives that we would rather ignore. But I think what's powerful is that we have, there's evidence in research to support that if you are willing to see, to be able to sit with your pain, if you're able to sit with your story, if you're able to take the steps necessary, right, to understand, to look at your story from a different perspective, that there, there's growth, right? There is 
evidence that there is growth on the other side. And I just want to encourage you today, as we've talked about before, uh, if you've been part of this community, right, there is there is purpose in your story. There is meaning to be, to be uh, derived out of your story. And one of the biggest indicators for whether you may experience growth at, after a difficult experience is the meaning that you attribute to that experience, right? It's how you see yourself in that experience, how you see the experience. And so today I want to encourage you like I have before, that you have the power to write a new story, that you have the power to heal, to to have the resources necessary to heal the wounds, to grow and to be inspired to live a life of meaning and a life of purpose. And so I just want to leave you with that tidbit. Um, and without further ado, we are going to bring on our guest for tonight, who I am excited to connect with. So as per usual, I want you guys to get your emojis ready to give her a what's your story welcome. <laughs> so get your hand claps and celebratory hats ready to welcome Katrina. Katrina. Hey. Hey, Katrina. I am so happy to have you on. I'm happy to be here, but first shorts. Listen, I know, I know, you know, you know, it was that crazy thought that it was like, oh my gosh, you know, you just walk outside and you're like, it feels warm. And I was just like, I just want to take, I just want to, I just want to be in shorts. Can I be in shorts on somebody's beach? Okay. That's what I was thinking, even though there was snow on the ground. Right. So yes. (laughs) I was like, I I, I understand being in New England, the whole, like, once it, once it does hit like 42 (laughs) degrees here, I'm like, no jacket, but. Not not short. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Okay, fine. I, I guess I'll 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 admit I took it a little too far. You're getting some haze coming in, but Katrina, tell me, um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. So you know, my name is Katrina. <laughs> I currently <laughs> work as a TV news reporter, a local TV news reporter, and fill an anchor in Western Massachusetts at Twenty Two News. And I am also Miss Cambridge. As of like two weeks ago, I won a new title and I'm Miss Cambridge in the Miss America organization. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Listen, we need some celebratory emojis for that. That's amazing. <laughs> you said as of two weeks ago? Uh, yeah, I think it's been, yeah, two weeks. The competition I think was two weeks ago. Crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. How do you feel? I feel amazing. It was the Miss Boston, Miss Cambridge competition. And two years wow. ago in February of 2020, I lost. And I, it was the first time I had come back to pageants in like two years. And I was wow. crushed. I was so crushed two years ago when I lost because I'm from Boston. I'm from, and so. When I lost two years ago, I was like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to win this. Like, whenever <laughs> we're going we're gonna to win this. And, uh, hey, congrats. Listen, that's a story all on its own. The fact that you were even willing to compete again is just an amazing testi- testament to your your desire, right? And your ability to push past fear. So anyway, girl, I, I'm ready to jump into your story. So Tell me, Katrina, what's your story? Yeah, I guess that's like a little piece that'll come later in it. That kind of goes with the the whole jumping into my fears. But so my story started when I was a sophomore in high school. And Mm -hmm. the night I was doing some U.S. history homework and I went to a mental hospital. 
because I was stressed. I was, I was very anxious. I was very depressed, but all these things that, you know, I think I knew, but I didn't know how to voice them because Mm. I was, I had recognized that I wasn't really keeping up with my schoolwork other than the classes that I really, really liked. Um, Sure. I wasn't keeping up with schoolwork. Like I was doing all my extracurriculars, but I remember like even on social media, like looking at a lot of sad posts and being like, Mm. oh my God, me, like. (laughs) (laughs) It was resonating with you. It was resonating with me. And I remember like I had other friends who were like sad and depressed and I was like, man, I think I feel a little bit of that too. But I was too, you know, I didn't really understand my emotions. Like I hadn't really, in my family, we didn't really talk about emotions a lot. And Mm. I was seeing a therapist at the time because I had been seeing one since my parents were separated, but Mm -hmm. I didn't really tell her about that stuff. And I think it's because I talked to her about, I I was like 15, you know, I was talking to her about boys and I was (laughs) Of course, why wouldn't you be? Like I was talking about breakups. (laughs) Like I just had a terrible breakup. Like we were talking about Mm. that. And I also think that I had created for her this really great version of myself that didn't have to do with like real mental health issues, you know? Got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think I was afraid, like looking back now on it, I think I was afraid that if I had like really been open with her that, and I don't know why, because she's a therapist, you know, like she understands. (laughs) Right, right. That's her job. In my 15 year old head back then, I think I was afraid if if I let her know that I was struggling in life, that like it would have broken some facade that I had like hoped Mm. she had of me that I was just like, oh, like a 15 year old with boy problems and parent problems who's in therapy. Like not like a 15 year old with all those and like has an anxiety disorder that's undiagnosed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though she would have (laughs) understood because she's a therapist. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, it was in my head. It was I was in my head a lot. A lot of it was everything in my head. And I remember this night I was doing my US history homework and I was on the floor, it was late at night, and I just remember walking over to my mom's room and being like, hey, can you bring me to the ER? And she was like, wow, are you okay? And I was like, right. Yeah, and, and mind you, like my parents didn't know about like my mental health problems. And mm. my mom was like, are you good? And I was like, yeah, just bring me to the ER. And she was like, <sighs> okay. And like, God bless my mom's heart for, you know, no further questions asked other than like, okay. Right. Like other than like, all right, right like my daughter, you know, cause I'm a teenager. I was, you know what I mean? I'm yes. What do you mean you want to go to the ER? I would have had so many questions. I would like, too. I why, would... when, where, how, what? Right. I would have too. I would have been like, you need to elaborate before I use this gas yes. mileage. Like why? Absolutely. Why? But she did it. She just drove me to the hospital. Wow. And I remember we were even sitting in the ER and my mom was like, Oh, do you want to tell me why we're here? And I was like, nope. <laughs> nope. I want to speak to a medical professional. And <laughs> she was like, okay. Oh, like, this is great. Oh my we called my goodness. dad. Like, she was like, yeah, like, Trina's, like, I brought her to the hospital. And my dad's like, why? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it was such a mess. Oh my it was goodness. such a mess. And and I remember I got into the ER and like a doctor came in, my mom's in there and they're like, oh, do you want to speak with your parents in here? And I was like, nope. And wow. Like, okay. Cause again, like 
this, this, I knew I was go, I was in there to go to a mental hospital and I still didn't like want to let my parents know. Anybody know? Like, know. like wow. I still was like, I'd rather talk to a complete stranger than like have to break mm. it to my parents that like a complete stranger who doesn't have any facades about me, who doesn't have any stories of me. Any preconceived notion, right, like this right. is who she should be right. all the time. Yeah, I I would rather break it to a stranger and talk to a stranger who has no preconceived yeah. notions of me than like even tell my parent who brought me to the hospital. Like wow. I'd rather have the stranger tell my parent. And mm. so I just remember talking with this doctor, and they were like, like okay, like and they're like, do you? And I was even too afraid to. I remember like answer some of the questions myself, like that they were asking because you sit there and they ask you things like, like yes. you say you're in there for mental health. They're like, oh. Yes. Have you like self harmed? Have you been yes. suicidal ideation? And I remember being like, "How much do I want to tell this stranger?" But what also is going to put me wow. in the mental hospital? Like, how much can I do? I have to tell them to go to the mental Sh- hospital. Sh- wow! <laughs> Without yeah, yeah, like yeah. truly having because when you sit there, you have you have to answer that question not for them but also yourself. Yeah, and that's very that's scary. That's scary. That's very scary to be yeah. like to sit there and be like, "Oh my god!" Like, have I been thinking about suicide? Like, I don't. I don't think, I don't know. I don't think so. And right. so I remember like getting some chicken nuggets and some jello and like just talking <laughs> it out for like 30 minutes with this person. And then they were like, okay, so based on our conversation right now, like I think it's best that you like be put in a mental hospital for two yeah. weeks. And wow. I was like, wait a second, two weeks? Like, <laughs> you were thinking maybe like a few days? I was what, a, week- you- a weekend? <laughs> You know, like a got it, like a you know staycation. And, sure, but yeah, they were like, yeah, it's gonna be two weeks, and then immediately wow. I was like, and I had had friends who went to mental hospitals, so I really should have known it was not a weekend trip. Um, uh, but I did it, and I remember being like, oh man, everyone's gonna know I'm out of school. Like, like dang it, like this was not a fully thought out plan. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, I can't back out now. <laughs> right, right. And, and I just remember them telling my parents being like, okay, like, do you want to drive her? Like, there's an opening at this one. It was at McLean's, which is like one of the best mental hospitals for adolescents and people in general, like in okay. Eastern Massachusetts. Um, and it's in Massachusetts. And I was like in the East Coast, really, and it was in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Okay, like we can have a ambulance take her, or like you could drive her." And I was like, "I don't need an ambulance. Like I'm not dying. I'm not dying." Like so, right, my dad was right, like, "All right, right, like I'll I'll drive her." Like they explained it to my parents or whatever. And my dad was like, "Okay, I still don't know what's going on. Like, <laughs> right. like how are we right. how are we here?" And they were like, "Well, your your daughter has like severe mental health issues, and so wow. we're we're putting her into an inpatient unit." And my dad was like, "What?" where like where did this you know what I mean right absolutely and so I remember you know he drove me we get there it's one of those take off your shoelaces type of places yeah give us your phones you know you can have an mp3 player if you have one I was like this is 2014 why do no one has mp3 players (laughs) like (laughs) like where am I going to get one (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, they were like well you can only use your phone like when your parents come to visit me and I remember being like dad you better come visit me like the right like, i don't have an mp3 player in here so so like and i was i was in there and it was i was in there for two weeks and we had group therapy intensive therapy like a psychiatrist to get you on like meds and i i remember like 
having to be there and sit with the therapist and then be like, yeah, so you have general anxiety disorder. And I was like, wow. yeah, I don't really know. What do you mean? <laughs> They're like, all the yeah. feelings that you're feeling that you can't do things is because of your anxiety. And I was like, when you classify right. emotions for me, it does seem to be I am anxious, yes. And they're like, and you're <laughs> depressed. And I'm like, oh, really? That's what, that's what that feeling is. That's what I've been feeling, you know? Oh, like, wow. that's why I can't yeah. do the things. And and I remember the biggest thing for me is they were like, okay, like, and I kept saying to them, like, I'm not suicidal, not suicidal, not suicidal. Because I'd known people who were suicidal, who were like, sure. I, I had had an ex-boyfriend who attempted suicide. Like, I, I knew... Mm -hmm what I thought, you know, suicide looked like and, and suicide ideation. And I remember they were like, well, sure. what was your, like, why, why'd you come? Why'd you come to the ER that day? You know what I mean? Like if you, if you're saying to me, if you're not suicidal, like, why'd you come? And I remember being like, I couldn't keep living life the way I was living it. And they were like, hmm. do you hear yourself? Like, do you hear how that sounds? Like, I couldn't keep yeah. living life the way, like I didn't want to keep living life the way I was living life. Yeah. Like that is like a key phrase of anybody who has high functioning depression. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Like you didn't, you, I, I wasn't thinking, and I was talking the other day with someone, um, with, a, with a therapist and they were like, you know, it's not always, I want to die. Sometimes yes. it's just, I mm. don't want to keep having the pain I'm having. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what that's you know when when that part clicked with me clicked. where I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to die. I just want the pain in my brain to stop. Yes, and and through the therapy that we did, you know, a lot of it they were like, well, what are you anxious about? And I was like, well, kind of like my therapist and my my family, you know, like I'm I'm scared. I am this golden child to so many people that I do so many extracurriculars. I'm doing well in school. I'm going to go to a good college, yes. like all this, like I'm afraid that if I, that I'll let people down and yeah. I'm afraid that if I do something, it won't work out. And then somebody is going to look bad, like badly upon me or it's going to look bad upon yeah. this image people have. And that's where the fear of doing things led. And then slowly, throughout that that was I couldn't answer emails because I was behind on homework and I thought oh if I mm. if I answer this email and this, that this teacher is saying I'm behind it's me acknowledging that I'm behind <laughs> mm. and, and but if I don't answer this email and I avoid class like then it's like yeah then it's not happening everything is okay right right everything's okay and and it was that that fear of being like okay like what if this goes really badly for me like what if I answer this email and this teacher yeah. yells, yells at me. Where did that come from? I don't know. But like, you know, when you're right, when you have anxiety, but it, that's what happens. Right, exactly. When you, when you have anxiety, when you have Correct. mental illness, that's your brain thinks of these scenarios that aren't always yes. plausible, but it's the worst case scenario to yourself. Absolutely. And I Absolutely. had this fear over and over again, like, oh, what, what if this goes badly? Anything, answering emails, going to do something, like uh, things I wanted to accomplish. Like, what if it goes badly? Sure. And got out the hospital. And I remember getting out of the hospital. And I something they taught us in the hospital was this method called turtling. Where mm. I it's you basically imagine yourself as a turtle and how turtles go through the ocean and waves just kind of go over their backs. Yeah. And I remember them being like, when you're anxious and you're in a situation where you think it's a lot like just imagine you're a turtle and waves 
like the problems just go over your back. They're going to keep going. Mm -hmm. like, and I love that. And, and I remember I even, I got a tattoo of a turtle on the side of me afterwards. As I turned, <laughs> turned 18 and I was like, memory, turtle, turtle, yeah. you know, let things wave, o come over your back like a turtle if you're stressful. And I remember thinking, they're like, well, think of your fear that way. Like the fear mm. can just go over your back. And instead of being so afraid of what if this goes badly, think of it as like, what if this goes really well? Like, mm. what if we start doing things in life the opposite way? Like, don't think of the worst case scenario. And they're like, obviously, that's hard. You have an anxiety disorder. But sure. that wasn't even a thought that had come into my head to think of it in that way of like, wow. what if this goes really well? Yes. And that completely changed my perspective on things. And, and then wow. from there is when I started doing the things that I thought I wouldn't do because I was really scared. <laughs> that it would go badly. So I remember, like, I started competing in pageants and, like, won, won some, lost some. But I remember gaining, being like, oh, my God, this is, like, I, I, you know, when I lost, it was sad. But I didn't sure. stop doing it. I was like, there, this could go really well for me in some fashion. Like, wow. And, and even if it didn't go well, like, I, people would come up to me and be like, oh, my God, you're so young. Like, you have so much, so further to go with this. Like, you're going to be great at this. And I was like, oh really like they're like yeah don't <laughs> don't everybody like the chances of winning are so slim actually that <laughs> they're like, like i remember like the funniest thing people say now when i look back at it and i have a director that always goes your percentage of winning is very small like <laughs> like if you want and i'm like dang really and they're like well you, right mathematically there's 20 girls competing in one title so <laughs> right your chances are going to be slim right slim. but it gave you a new perspective by which to look at right right so i was like okay yeah. well what well, i shouldn't be afraid of that not going well because there's a really good possibility if i believe in myself that it's going to go yeah. really well yes. and i applied that to the college i wanted to get into where i was like oh my gosh i, w I was not qualified to get into american university and my tests weren't there my grades weren't there but <laughs> It was one of the best journalism colleges in the country. And I remember being mm. like, I will force this dang school to let me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I have Whatever to do. Whatever I have to do. I was, I, yeah. And before I probably wouldn't have done it, I would have been gone to a safety school and been like, this is the safe. I'm going to get into this. But I remember being mm. like, being like, I, I made the school interview me. They, they were like, we don't do interviews. And I was like, you're going to interview me. <laughs> My, my counselor was like oh okay <laughs> sure sure and I remember I interviewed him like in between theater practice in like a hallway in high school I sent that man like fake articles that I had written as if I was like you know like a news reporter I sent him a oh, reel right. I was like I will be a good journalist you will be proud of me please <laughs> <laughs> and I remember when I got the admissions thing I called when I got the admissions my admission counselor was like you won me over you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. like I couldn't not you clearly want it <laughs> so I had to and I was like well you know what got me in I, I'm not really like on paper qualified to be here and yeah. he was like you you went for it you know like you could have mm. let knowing that not but you did everything you could to get in and if there's anything that we you know recognize yes yes it's that and so I did that I did that I got the started 
applying for internships I was scared to apply for and got the internships. And then for my job that I currently have here, I remember I started going places. I knew I wanted to work where I currently worked after college. I started going to the internships and just introducing myself and being like, hi, I'm Katrina. I'm going to work at 22 News when I graduate. So if anybody knows anyone, that'd be great. And someone was like, do you... Are you wait, you were just selling people that like you were Leilani, I kid you not, I did not have the job. I didn't have the job and I would go into internships and I'd say like, hi, I'm Katrina Kincaid, because they'd be like, What's your name? What college do you go to? And like where right. do you want to like what's your future plans? And I would yes. say, like, where do you want to go? You know, hypothetically. And I'd walk yes. in and be like, Hi, my name's Katrina Kincaid. I go to American University. I'm gonna work at 22 News when I graduate. And they were like, to... Oh, you have an offer already? And I was like, oh no, but if anybody knows anybody who works there, I would love to connect. And like <laughs> I'm laughing, but I love, I love the confidence and the courage to speak that already into existence. This is to. what I desire. And so I'm making it known. It it just it just speaks so highly of, you know, how many, how many people go um without because they don't they don't take the step, right? Because they don't they don't actually move as if right. that's what they're gonna do and be. Right, right. Yeah. I I I did that and I, I got a mentor who was like, Oh, my best friend happened to work there actually as her first job. I was like, Bet connect. Wow. And and then that snowballed and I got my job. And and I just lo- looking back and seeing where I was as that 15 year old. 16, 16, yeah, 16 sophomore, 16 years sitting on the floor going to the mental hospital to now being someone who competed again for a competition I lost and has gone to Miss Massachusetts. Last summer I went as Miss North Shore and I placed in the top 10. Like, to see the things that I have done changing my mindset of from what if this goes really badly to Mm. but what if this goes really well. Really well. I love that. Has just opened the world to the things that you know when you write down your goals list of like what do you want to do yeah. like has actually opened those goals for me and I really you know yeah see yourself in the future and like speak the word like I try to speak these things now into existence fearlessly yes I love it <laughs> it's so powerful because you know, well, let me ask you this. Do you, do you still experience fear? Do you still yes. experience anxiety? All the time. All the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just bought myself a stress ball the other day. Uh, <laughs> just to, just to squeeze it. I still, right. I still, you know, I will still always live life with general anxiety disorder. Mm. Um, and I do also have trichotillomania, which is a anxiety slash OCD disorder where I pull out my eyelashes. So that's all fun. Um, and sure. that usually acts up more when I'm more <laughs> anxious. And so anxious, right? I will always have anxiety in my life. That is yes. just brain functioning wise. That's how I work. Um, so yeah, I get yes. fearful of things, but I think the important thing about life that I've learned is to find ways to deal with that and still mm. accomplish what I want to. So like I wear rings yes. a lot now. I wear rings. Because it's uh, I learned it's not always socially acceptable to just be squeezing a stress ball in public. So <laughs> what I've done, I can like look weird. The like I was at work the other day with my stress ball, and I was just like, and people were like, "Are you are you okay? You you want to take a little break? Yeah, All right? Can go to Dunkin' or something? Like what's happening right now?" And I was like, "Oh, does this look weird? Like is this, yeah. 
when are we supposed to utilize it, guys? Like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we won't. A lot more. <laughs> we won't. So I was like, all right, I'll just get like a ring that I can twirl. Yes, you know, twirl. If right. If I'm feeling like anxious, um, and so like I do, you know, small things to mitigate yes. that. But I definitely, you know, it's not none of the things that I currently do. I think unless you have some other disorder that really you know like narcissism none of the things i currently sure. do or something i think someone can do without fear without right. being afraid to get on stage in front of like yes. I, I sang the national uh, perfect example i sang the national i i've grown up i like singing love singing was never somebody who like really tried out for like the solos because i was afraid what if this goes really badly you know right of course um, of course and then people laugh at you and whatever think you can't sing even though i knew i could sing but right I was like, what if you miss a note? And then everybody can't, whatever. <laughs> so I never really liked singing in front of a lot of people. But my talent for Miss America stuff is singing. So I kind of had to get over that a little right. bit. But the other, like a couple months ago, a few months ago, I got asked to sing the national anthem in front of 6,700 people for oh a hockey goodness. game. And I was like, this is an amazing opportunity. Like, I like how could I say no? You know, like, how could I say no to this? And I was like, what if this goes badly, Katrina? Like, what if, <laughs> what if like, that thought, you know, that thought will always pop into my head. Absolutely. And, and I remember walking out onto the ice, like I was fearful, w- walked out onto the ice. And I remember standing there and starting to sing. And getting in my head. And, and I was singing and I was like, I was like starting. And then I just thought while singing, I don't know why. Sometimes I can, I don't know. I think while also doing things. And I remember sure. I was singing and then just felt a wave of calmness mm. and being like this. And people, people were like clapping. Like I was, and I was like, oh my God, Katrina, this is going really well. well like yeah, this yeah, is yeah, not yeah, yeah. like just, and I just remember calm, all the, the voices that were in my head just left and i was like just sing the dang song mm. yeah yeah yeah. just just do it just do it and and mm. I, afterward people were like that was so good and i was like see that katrina is why we think what if this goes well <laughs> <laughs> you know i love i love that because the reason why i asked you that question is because i think it's so easy for someone listening to say you know what um i i hear this before i have anxiety and i have fear you know it's like all, just all of a sudden goes away you know the idea the truth is that you know like you said you still experience the fear you still experience the anxiety but you have learned and you have grown and you have gone through this journey of learning not only what works for you but of changing the story right the story that kept you captive so many years was what if this goes wrong right like what if this is a disaster and you've learned a new story well what if it goes great what if it goes well and you're able to now work through the fear. And I, you know, I tell, I, I, you know, I say this all the time, you know, the goal isn't to over, you'll never overcome fear is an emotion that we actually need. We need to stay alive. We need to, Exactly. Right. Like if there is a dog running towards me, um, I need fear to activate. Okay. I need to feel afraid because I need to get away. But, but what I say is, you know, you have to confront our fear and what we tend to do is avoid it, Mm -hmm. right? We avoid the things that cause us fear because we don't, 
we're we're nervous about the outcome. We can't control the outcome. And so your what you described in singing the national anthem is literally that process. You walk out, you experience the fear and the nervousness that comes with being amongst all these people and what if and what if and all of a sudden you face your fear and all and all of a sudden you experience calmness and you're able to sit in the moment and experience the joy of being able to accomplish something that in your mind you look back and go I probably couldn't have done that you know before no yeah not at all like exactly that like I think that a lot of it is just facing your fear and Mm. in the way of thinking like I'm afraid usually because of judgment like I, I, I feel a lot of my fear in the past for me personally has come from judgment and has been yes. like, okay, well, what if this doesn't go? Like, I knew a lot of people in the audience would be would know me from TV because they were people mm. who watched it. And so I was like, man, what if like those people turn on the TV to like, what if I bust this and like people turn on the TV tomorrow and was like, Dang. what are they gonna say? She what are they gonna think? Remember what she couldn't sing yesterday? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That. And I just and and that was a real fear I had, you know. And and then I just remember being like. Katrina, like, you are a good singer. Like, you were asked to do this for a reason. And so stop, you know, like, stop and think this is going to go really well. And people are going to wake up tomorrow and say, wow, she's a great reporter and a great singer. (laughs) Oh, I can't hear you. Sorry. Okay, perfect. Can you hear? Hey, great. You know, um, so I wanted to ask you, um, there's a question coming in and I'm going to ask that in a second. And it kind of goes to the same thing. I was going to ask you concerning um, the competition process because you've you've competed in pad in pageants and you you said you just won Miss Cambridge uh for the Miss America organization but one of the things I wanted to ask that came in was you know how have you managed your anxiety in competing because I can imagine (laughs) that that produces some anxiety so how how have you practically been able to do that yeah like if my fear is being judged how do I do something where I'm judged (laughs) Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of folds to it for me. One, the Miss America organization is one of the largest providers of scholarships to young women in this country. Mm. And I am in a lot of student debt. And so so I work hard for my money. And that's that's like a major driving force for me. And I, I watched pageants growing up with my nana. And mm. I watched Miss America and Miss USA. And I just, I wanted to do it so badly I wanted to be on that stage that I think part of that wanting and wanting to be Miss America and like sing on the stage I think that is really what propels me forward a lot of it is just this dream of mine but it is anxiety producing I I always so one of the portions of competition is a private 10 minute interview with the judges before anything that people see on stage happens we have a private interview and Every single time somebody has to tell me the judges are not there to harm you. The judges are not there to scare you. It's just a conversation mm-hmm. to get to know you. Know you. And mm-hmm. they're not trying Good. to gotcha. They're not trying to trick you. Like they just, it's a conversation to get to know you. Yes. Because that's where, you know, the fear can, you don't know what questions you're going to get asked in that interview. I've been asked right. everything from how do I think that, why do I think kids in Africa would care about jazz music? 
to like where do you think Seriously. yeah yeah I could you not, I could you not. That one was, that's the most ridiculous thing I've probably ever gotten asked because I'm a jazz singer but I was like oh I don't plan on singing in Africa but uh, right sure. and, <laughs> like that to like you know where's the your best favorite donut shop you know and like everything in between mm. and I think the fear a lot of it when you first think about it like they're judging you and they're gonna ask yes. you questions based on a resume like that the right. fear a lot came from me me thinking that they were out to like get you questions and they were gonna like interrogate me and stuff and and I think once I realized that this is a conversation just about me and there's mm. nothing I know me who knows me better than me you know right <laughs> right and they just want to know if they're not judging your opinions on the question they ask they just want to hear you talk about you and talk. your 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 experiences and I have one interview in now both the Miss Boston that I lost and this Miss Boston, Miss Cambridge. I win every time. Mm -hmm. And and I and I think that's part of it. Is I think that's part of it. Is that yes. is that my fear Yes. You know, is a, is judgment. But when I go out there and I think, okay, Katrina, like give just the best performance of yourself and that's what we're here to be proud of. Is is learning who I am as a woman and presenting that to the world, that is what I'm most proud of on that stage. Yes, I'm someone's there to give me a score on that, but at the end of the day, when I lost Miss Massachusetts but made top 10, I remember after we did all the competitions to get into top five, I remember being like, I am mm -hmm. at peace. That is the best, that is the best I've ever performed. And if I do not make top five, whatever. <laughs> Whatever, because that is the best version of myself I've ever put on a stage. And I was yes. I was content with that. I made top ten. <laughs> I made top ten. And I made top ten and won like twelve, yes. thirteen hundred dollars. Like I was good. But <laughs> we're okay. I love it. I love it because that that is owning your story. That's owning who you are. It's also growth mindset, right? It's this idea that no matter what I do and what I engage in, I can grow from, I can learn from, I, I can look back and see how I've improved and how much more I can improve, right? And it's 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 a it's it's moving away from this mindset yes. of yes. lack and that you don't you're not enough, you don't have enough, you'll never be enough, and and to into a mindset of I am enough and man. I, I did a pretty good job too. You know, it's it's right. so, it's such a powerful shift in perspective <laughs> that uh, you know is evident in how you have lived your life and how it's impacted you into all of these amazing opportunities. So one of the things that I do want to ask as we wrap up here is, you know, there is a lot of st stigma still around mental health. It just exists. And as I think we've, as a society, yes. we've gotten, uh, we've come a long way. We've come farther. And I think people are more open about teaching emotions and learning what emotions are and how they impact us. Right. Um, and taking care better care of ourselves. You know, what would you say to somebody who is holding shame because of, those emotions or that pain and might might really need to seek support either through uh you know an institution or uh, therapy or counseling what would you say to that person as a result of your experience i would say if someone if someone is looking slash thinking about seeking external help i would say that it is so much more beneficial 
to get those thoughts out to an Mm. external source. Because I really did not realize, like, as I said earlier, I didn't realize or understand truly what my emotions meant or what I was Mm. feeling until I had somebody say them back to me. And I think that a lot of times when you're feeling that way, it's a very lonely place to be. Like depression, anxiety, when you're in your own head is just you. (laughs) And who else is feeding those those thoughts other than you? You know, and and if you do, that's just going to go in a cycle in your own head. All those thoughts, especially if you do have an anxiety disorder, you you know, is undiagnosed or something. Is those, you are your worst critic and those thoughts just go back and forth. And I have never had more benefit that would help me in my future with their growth than having somebody say my own emotions back to me. And I think that that, like when I was in in the ER and I was saying, you know, I'm not suicidal. I just don't want to live life the way I'm living. And she was like, (laughs) you don't want to keep living life the way that it's going. And I was like, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, let's say it again. Yeah. You right. don't want to live hmm. life. I never saw it that <laughs> right, like, right, right, right. <laughs> and I, I think that there is benefit. It's just like when you talk, the, the simplest ways I can put it, right? It's like when you talk to your yes. girlfriend or you talk to your boyfriend, you know, you talk to your friends and you're like, man, I'm just feeling this way. And they're like, wow, you know, you're feeling this way. And yeah. you're like, Oh, yes. Hmm. Like, it's the same thing, but you know, with somebody who's licensed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, I love it because, you know, I I really do. I I completely agree with you. I think it's so important to anybody listening who is holding on to shame about how they've been feeling. um, You know, I think revealing it is such an important part of the healing process. You have to be able to get it outside of yourself. Like you said, you have to be able to hold it up like a mirror, right? And get a different perspective. And sometimes we're too close to something to actually Mm -hmm. be able to benefit from it. And I think giving some distance to it, like you said, hearing it back. I think that's why it's so powerful to journal. And I don't know if you're a journaler, but I love to journal because it literally allows me to get my thoughts on paper and go what like what right or to help process in a way yes right, like to help right, process right. in a way that i can then add some logic rationale some context that helps me create a better perspective so i love that you said that and i appreciate that so much so katrina t- tell us what now you know you're you're, yeah. you're in your dream job you have one miss cambridge <laughs> um and you know what are, what's next what are, what are you hoping for what are you aspiring for um, yeah, you know, what's next is hopefully, you know, going to Boston and going yes. to Miss America, winning Miss Massachusetts and going to Miss America. Those are those are my yes. current goals. And also journaling more now that you brought it up because I journal. And the other day I saw a really important Instagram. It was either an Instagram or tweet that said that you should be proud of yourself for like the little self-care things you do. Like sometimes I will, I will mm. self-care shame myself if I don't journal enough yeah, yeah, like, yeah. man I told myself I was gonna journal every day and I didn't like a bad and yeah. and then like I just take pride now I switch my m- mindset switch again to being like okay I'm actually like proud of myself I'm I'm now just going to be proud of myself when I do journal when I do have that time to take that space for myself because yes what's the point in self-care if I'm going to shame myself for the days that that's not self-care exactly like, 
That's not that. Um, so I will journal. Yes. I will journal more. Good. <laughs> I will go to Miss America and I will be a reporter. I <laughs> am so excited for you and I'm truly grateful because um Thank you, first and foremost, for sharing and being vulnerable and open and honest and for your courage, because I know that your courage is going to encourage <laughs> someone who's listening. I mean, you know, just your ability <laughs> to live life um, from a place of hope and from a place of expectancy, right, and a place of, you know, like just dreaming and literally walking out those dreams because you are refusing to allow the anxiety and the fear to have power over you is such it's so inspiring really it really is Katrina I'm not just saying that it really is inspiring and I am just so excited to continue to to follow you on your journey from the side so Katrina um tell us where we can find you and how people can <laughs> kind of stay connected with your journey um so that when we see you on Miss America we're like oh I know her. <laughs> so I, I just hope that in sharing my story, that people who are in the situation that I was in or are in the situation I continue to be in, where I'm obviously, you know, I'm still living with anxiety, just realize that I think the biggest thing in life holding us back, and even if you say it out loud to yourself, is fear. You know, is fear of judgment, is fear of failing. But if you just say yes. to yourself, like, the other side of this it. is whatever I'm afraid of going really well. Like, like that's always the other side of it. And if you mm. just think that, like, that's what I say to myself before I go out on stage for pageants is, like, I, I, as I'll go out for evening gown and be like, man, what if I trip? And then, yeah. <laughs> like, I'll think, like, don't trip, don't trip, don't trip. And yes. Then I'll be like, walk that runway. You are about to slay the stage. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Katrina, thank you so much. I am inspired and just so excited for your for your journey and what's next. I cannot wait. And I'm so glad that you're doing it scared and you're pushing through and you are thriving, girl. You are thriving. Oh, that was so powerful. And I need you to share this because there are so many of us that live in fear and allow our fears to dictate our decisions, to keep us buried, to keep us hidden, to keep the gifts that we've been given um, in the dark when they need to be brought to light. When you have been given a story to share, you have been given a life to live. And just like you heard from Katrina, I just want to encourage you to stop self-sabotaging yourself with what if this goes bad and I want you to lean into well what if this goes amazing what if this is exactly what I've needed in order to move into the next phase of my life to accomplish that dream to start that business right I mean what if it goes amazing and I am just so grateful for her journey and for her story with us today thank you for tuning in we'll see you for next week's episode if you were inspired by today's story, make sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast. To watch the full live show, head over to Leilani Langdon on YouTube and don't forget to subscribe. And remember, purpose is found in knowing, owning, and sharing your story. So the question is, are you ready to share yours?